This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porn cast that your grandmother will fucking love. This week, we're discussing not the Wizard of Oz XXX with me, Eva Dontremont, and my beautiful co-host, Alice Vaughn. Alice, what's going on in your corner of the universe? Not too much, just watching a lot of porn. Yeah, it's been it's been fun, you know, watching porn for work middle of the day. That's that's a it's, you know, feature, not a bug. So watching uh, The Wizard of Oz, sorry, not The Wizard of Oz triple X. There were some things that I haven't seen in in other porn so far. This one, there were musical numbers, musical numbers. What was that? Okay, so we have a lot to discuss. This is our first porn parody that our audience is going to hear from us and a ton more just because we want to discuss not only the classics like covering The Wizard of Oz, but a porn feature of it. But there's so many. And I thought, you know, this would be a really great place to start because I think unless you've been living under a rock, everybody knows about The Wizard of Oz. Wait, what is this Wizard of Oz thing you speak? Of? I just thought this was an original oh. movie, what? or not? No, not so much. <laughs> but you know, it's we're trying we're trying to ease y'all into this with you know with things that that feel familiar and comfortable, like midget. Se- sorry, little person. I feel like saying little person sex sounds a little creepy and pedophiliac. If people want to give me feedback on this, what is the appropriate way to refer to as this category of of porn? Because there was definitely a munchkin or an actor playing a munchkin who had sex. And whoever is into, if you are, if that is a fetish of yours, remember, let's not fetishize people. Uh, but if that's, if that is a type of porn you're into, you get that pretty quickly in this. You do. And, you know, there are definitely some key elements that are very similar amongst both films. So, you know, just like in the original film, uh, Dorothy is swept from Kansas to Oz. The majority of the story then, you know, recounts her struggles to get back home, you know, all while meeting a series of interesting characters in a vivid land. But Porn Oz is slightly different than the 1930s version, Um, you know, complete. Yeah, complete with, you know, um, as you said, a horny munchkin, a sex vixen witch, uh, a strange subplot also about becoming a hooker to save the farm. Yeah, it's I I mean, Nina Hartley was in this movie. She played Auntie M. And this is the least made up I've ever seen Nina Hartley in a porn because she had to look Auntie M ish. And, you know, they frumped her up. Yeah, it's I I feel weird about that, that Nina Hartley didn't look like the Nina Hartley. But, you know, the thing starts off with Dorothy outside talking another group of farmers and someone warns her now don't go in the house because your your auntie m is doing what she can to earn some money to save the farm <laughs> and of course you know it's re- very very good forecasting on, on on that so i think before we start getting too plot heavy maybe we should discuss this cast the yeah. quality of the film special effects oh yeah what do you think uh overall i was really goddamn impressed like you're watching this and if if you I mean, some of the things were a little on the cheap end and it's, you know, it's not a, it's not going to be the same what you get for backdrops for a, a full length uh, feature film, but like they had, you know, you could see the background of the, of the blue sky as a, you know, painted backboard. So it's not like they want to, you know, as full on the sets as the movie, but God damn it, they did a really good job with the Tin Man costume, with the Scarecrow costume, like the Cowardly Lion looked a lot goddamn like the Cowardly Lion in The Wizard of Oz. Wasn't that fantastic? 
fantastic. It was amazing. And the technical aspects were really well done. The audio super clear, well balanced. Um, even the voiceovers for the music yeah. seemed close. If, if it had just been one person singing, I, I probably would have been like, yeah, this, wow, they, they got a porn star with a really good voice. But I just because of the quality of it when they overall harmonized, I'm going to guess, I'm putting putting a pretty solid guess that it was lip synced. Either way, they it is a skill to lip sync well. Uh, and they, it is. they nailed it pretty, pretty well. And they had, there were songs uh, parodying, or not parodying, but kind of playing off what you expect for each of these songs in there um, at one point. At one point, they had like a, a you know, over, their version of Over the Rainbow, basically. They had their version of If I Only Had a Brain, If I Only Had cur- the Courage, all that good stuff. Yeah, and the performances were pretty good as well. Actually, the going back to the music, I want to say that was probably one of the most impressive things about the film. Yeah. The songs are funny, catchy, well-produced, even a little campy. They stand and a little filthy, too. Yeah. Um, they'll definitely, I'll definitely, you know, read some of the lyrics uh, that I jotted down. But you know, they definitely stand alone as something that was pretty impressive. I kind of want a recording of it just to giggle every so often. <laughs> oh. I, I, you know, I would love to know if they put out a soundtrack to this film. I doubt it, but it would be cool to find. Oh my god! Like one of the quotes because I wrote down a few quotes from the musical numbers. She wanted to deep throat me till I came, and this was from the uh, I think the Scarecrow. And then because you know how you have like in musical theater that kind of trope of of people responding with a sentence that somebody else said earlier and you know echoing it basically. Tin Man starts off. She wanted to deep throat me till I came, and then an echo of Dorothy saying back going back till you came. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> Uh, but apparently, like they managed to change all of the, you know, their thing they want, the thing that drives them to to be sex instead of, you know, a heart, a brain, the noive, um, all that good stuff. So it was, and they fit that all into the musical numbers, and they all kind of they they were reminiscent of the songs from the original movie. It was pretty beautiful. It really was. And the special effects were pretty cool, too. Again, in a cool, campy kind of way. You know, you could see the seams into folded sheets that create the backdrop, but there's visible smoke bombs and the arrival and departure of the Wicked Witch. The transition uh, stock shots of the cornfields and the forests are, you know, very well and hilariously cut in. Clearly not as good as original. And you could tell they were working on a budget, but it's still impressive what they did. Yeah. It's and I mean the there was you'd get quote plot for you know a couple minutes and then straight back to the porn and it was it was a good balance of something to amuse you between between orgasms really let's be honest it was um, and you know sexually the movie was strong actually let's just I guess hop right into and talk about this actual movie, because then people can understand what we saw. I, I do have one little qualm, which is there was no Toto. I mean, I know they explained to him away in the first scene. So um, yeah. this the scene opens with the classic scene of Miss Glutch on a bike taking Toto away. But the only difference is in the original, Toto jumps out of the basket. In this case, he just never escapes. So no Toto this movie. Womp womp. Yeah. <laughs> You know that thing that happens when I don't I don't know if you've owned a dog before, uh, but there's this thing that happens when you're fucking and you have a dog in the room. The dog chooses the least opportune time to jump on the bed and lick your ass. Um, it's ass, but whatever the dog can get a tongue on, like it's just let's don't have let's not have the dog running around <laughs> through a movie in which there in in which there's a genitalia mashing. I just think that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> 
it's like I'm just trying to imagine it now. Glinda the Good Witch is bent over, blowing like there's no tomorrow, and then all of a sudden, who's licking my foot? <laughs> you turn around, Toto, bad dog. <laughs> I, I want the I want this to be a thing that happens. Like, see, that's realistic porn, though. It is. Like the reason why the reason why us amateurs who just enjoy the sexing don't make a film is because we have life happening, and life will lick your foot and or your asshole. I guess <laughs> that's never you know that's never happened to me. It's just been the foot. But whew, it's it's alarming when you're in the middle of sexing to have you know to have extraneous licks. That's true. Yeah, extraneous licks. I'm gonna I'm sticking with that. I feel like that has to be on a t-shirt. So let's see, we we start this thing off and Dorothy and Auntie M, who's played by Nina Hartley, who we love, and a couple of the, you know, the men that work on the farm are out there discussing, you know, farm things. Well, it's because they're, the family is at risk of losing the farm, which is not a plot in the original Wizard of Oz. I mean, they, they had to find a way to make sex a thing in this. They did. And they very cleverly... They're like, well, we're going to do what we have to do to save this farm. And God damn it, Nina Hart. Like when our uh, erstwhile Dorothy goes into uh, goes into the room or into the house, all of a sudden she sees Auntie M on her knees giving a blowjob. And I'm like, well, we're we're starting this off strong. But let's be clear. She stands there until completion, even though after a solid minute or two after standing and watching Auntie M slash Nina Hartley give a pretty damn good blowjob says, forgive me for barging in. What's wrong with me? It's, huh. I feel like there's something I can compare. There's a metaphor here for something else. Like, but it's, I, I I'm, I'm at a loss because I'm sorry. I walk in on somebody, a relative, this has never happened. I've never walked in on a relative having sex, but I'm pretty sure if I walked in on some, the, the my life is young. I can still have this happen. <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty sure that moment at which you see fuckery happening with someone you are related to, you run. But, you know, it's a porn and we have to make it weird. And I, I you know, they made it fun weird, though. So it was, it, I'm trying to, I'm looking through this. I'm trying to remember if there was much after you know, in that house after that with Auntie M, because I, I feel like Nina Hartley was criminally underused in this. She absolutely was. And like we mentioned before, I didn't even realize that was Nina Hartley to begin with because they had frumped her up. Yeah, it's I mean, God damn it, even frumped up Nina Hartley giving a blowjob is pretty damn hot. I'm, I'm just just saying it is it's you can you can frump the actress, but you can't put the frump into the po- I don't know that, that I lost that one. So you know, I'm going to just qu- take a quote from the movie. And, you know, just like the guy said when uh, Nina was blowing him, you sure do look pretty making money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I love that. That's beautiful. I mean, yeah, that's just it's, oh, and I had that one written down for one of my quotes, too. And of course, this made me think about the woman who played Auntie M in the original movie. Give it a blowjob because, you know, all these people have fucked at some point in your lives. It's just some of them fuck on camera. Some people not so much. But yeah, it uh, it made me think about all. It really did make me think about all these characters from this beloved childhood movie doing some fucking. And as it turns out, we have a lot of horny munchkins. 
We do. But before we get to that, so Dor- the next scene is Dorothy then, unlike the classic, decides to touch herself as an oncoming tornado approaches. So she misses the opportunity to go into the storm cellar and gets locked out. This is probably the reason why I've been stuck in so many earthquakes. I was just really busy masturbating. I mean, uh, it's timing. Yeah. I mean, who who wants who wants to go to a storm cellar when there is porn not in the storm cellar? Bad Wi-Fi reception. That's all I'm saying. You know, maybe they have maybe they have old DVDs down there. Who knows? Who knows? But she did did much better staying in her room. And then the special effects in this were neat because they had, uh, you know, while the while the house was flying away, they had little they had a little bit of CGI going with the witch flying by and the house flying by. And I think there might have been cows. I might be misremembering that. Maybe a cow. They they did a lot. I mean. The CGI compared to the original movie, not that bad, actually. <laughs> so it being an old movie helps them quite a bit. It does. And it was really nice that they did the throwback where in the beginning they did the whole Sienna coloring, much like the classic. And then just like when Dorothy lands in um, in Oz, you have the beautiful bright colors and Dorothy meets. Did you notice that her costume changed? No. Oh, I totally did because I remembered she had, you could see all of her legs uh, when we started this, or at least I could have hallucinated this, but all of a sudden she has white thigh highs with a little blue bow. And I'm like, I don't think that was there at first. She she got porned up <laughs> for when she got to Oz. I think you're right about this. Yeah, socks are hard to, to hide, especially when they're knee high, but I'm pretty sure it started, it was like when she got into the Technicolor place, she also got into the place where sex is happening all the time and you're and you're just going to look sexy. But we, she gets there and she's looking around and all of a sudden, via bubble, of course, Glinda shows up. And Glinda is still Glinda. There's no pornification of her name. It's just she's wearing a, a hot girl on Halloween costume of Glinda. Of course. And Glinda actually is played by, I think, Anika Albright in this. She's the good witch. She can good witch me any day. Sorry, bad, bad event. She did win, actually, a Best Supporting Actress for this particular role at the AVN Awards. That's amazing. I love that. She did, it's, yeah. I mean, just just the fact that she had everything colored green. Alo- oh, sorry. Are we thinking good witch or bad witch? I just went... Good witch. Yeah. it's. I mean, the bad witch had to cover a lot of herself in green. We're, we'll get there in a minute, though. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Glinda tells Dorothy she needs to earn money to get back home, which I guess is reasonable. Glinda's a great pimp. I'm just saying. Wait, is she a pimp or a madam? I don't think either technically in this movie because we do have a pimp because it's a we'll get to that. But there's a pimp in The Wizard of Oz and in, in not The Wizard of Oz. Correct. Not The Wizard of Oz. And Glinda does tell Dorothy she needs to follow the yellow prick road. Yellow prick road. It's you'll I, earn money. You are 18, aren't you? She says. Uh, yeah. And it, oh, yeah. We've this was one little thing while they were still in Kansas. At some point it said, well, it's your 18th birthday. So they just set us up for for it's like, oh, look, foreshadowing. This is gonna this sex is gonna happen because you're illegal now. But that was cute that it, very quickly when she gets to Oz, you are 18, aren't you? Oh, we know what you were going for. When Glinda hops into song, um, I don't know if you jotted this down, but I jotted down, hop along and don't delay. There's really, really no other way. You'll make cash, meet new friends, say goodbye to your innocence. You'll try new things and experiment. Follow that road until the end. 
<sighs> what? It's they, and I mean, I I know you and I have joked about like, holy shit, there are porn writers. This took a fucking writer. I'm I'm just saying they did a good job on on a script. There, I was I was both they did. I was both entertained and titillated by this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So Glinda just did a musical number, and uh, so then the wicked uh, witch yes, appears. Because a house fell on her sister, and um, one of the best lines from Glinda describing the wicked witch: her parents had twins, and this one is far sluttier. Because you can always tell at infancy, according to Donald Trump. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, ah! Oh. It's well. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll make a joke about the other side eventually. It's coming. Uh, so yeah, very quickly we find out that all of the Munchkins. I, I think that's the word I'm going to go for now. With this, all the Munchkins are apparently horny little fuckers. Yeah, that. Let's talk. Let's unpack that first scene of, of Munchkin and Guard. Yeah, so after the Bad Witch, who is played by Brandy Aniston, after she is exceptionally disappointed that she can't screw Dorothy, played by Maddie O'Reilly, she says, well, who would like to screw my guard? And apparently munchkins, being very, very horny as they are, jump on the opportunity. Um, There is only one munchkin, though, and it's played by Stella Marie. And Stella Marie just kind of goes for it with Eric John. And, you know, that's actually a pretty dang good boy-girl scene overall. The makeup for me, you know, threw me off a little. But, you know, other than that, uh, it was a good scene. It was fairly vanilla-ish for what it was. But at the same time, vanilla doesn't mean bad. It just means, you know, you're not breaking out the whips and chains. But it was a, a fairly sweet little scene in, in that one. So if, if Munchkin... I'm just going to go with Munchkin. If Munchkin sex is a thing you're into, we have something for everyone in this board. And just a quick clarification, if you're fetishizing someone because of their height, that's probably douchey. But if you like, if you're an equal opportunity uh, fucker of all shapes, sizes, heights, we have a variety in this in this film. Then Dorothy kind of goes down her, starts her journey down the yellow prick road. Yep. And uh, so she starts her journey. The first person she meets, of course, is the Scarecrow. And he begins by, you know, once Dorothy unlatches him from his pole, he begins by being rather horny. And his introduction is actually, and I had to write this down. Hello, Dorothy. I'm the scarecrow. I like long walks on the beach. I'm a Scorpio. I've had a pole stuck up my ass for the last five years, and I really want to get laid. Again, the writing is pretty dang good and fun. They went straight for it. Like there was no, there was no beating around the bush. It's just here in, here in the land of Oz, there's fucking everyone wants it all the time kind of like in on planet earth too but they're they're just a little more direct <laughs> in this just went straight to i've been last year for a while can i need this and i mean it seemed like right after that there was there was a girl scarecrow that uh he wanted to to get with before he left on his journey so we we got scarecrow sex we got scarecrow sex, and I enjoyed that while she was blowing him, you could still see the costume of the scarecrow. So, like, you had hay next to his hands. I thought that was, you know, for authenticity's sake, bravo. I worry about the combination of hay and a vagina. I just, I feel like that could cause some some minor feminine itching. I don't know. I mean, there is a saying, rolling in the hay. But there's a reason why rolling in the hay went out of style, because we found out it was itchy. <laughs> I say this as a former uh, farm girl. Okay, well, you might have a point there. I'm just I'm just saying for authenticity's sake, I like that they had the hay from the first movie, but God damn it, please, I would suggest avoid fucking on a haystack. That's just, just, just my two sets. I mean, or do if you're into the itching, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. 
I don't, I'm not going to shame you for liking itching. Do what you want. Just, you know, clean off afterwards. Just saying. So after we, after we meet and see this little, this sweet sex scene, what did, uh, what, do you have any thoughts on that one or? Well, actually I do have thoughts. So I don't know if you noticed, but the scarecrow was, he was replaced by the guard from the previous scene during the sex. Like they put him on the pole or did I, did I miss that? Oh, so meaning the, the guy who played the scarecrow wasn't doing the screwing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you caught that, but apparently the original actor, he actually got sick on set so and had to go to the hospital, uh, which led to Eric Swiss stepping in for the sex scene uh, for Mac Turner. Oh, my God. So he was he was a designated dick. Designated dick. Designated. He was the designated backup dick. He was like the middle infielder who can do a bunch of different positions. I like this. Let's see. Uh, so after this one, um, oh, we have another. They meet the Tin Man. Yes, we do meet the Tin See, it was the Tin Man and then the Pimp later on. Tin Man, Pimp, and then um, the Lion. Oh, yes. And the, the Lion was delightful. Uh, so uh, the Tin Man, and here's how the Tin Man rested. It wasn't rain like in other movies. In this one, he fucked the Wicked Witch until she came and she apparently squirted and it rusted him. I never thought of this as a possible complication of porn. Or a complication of fucking, but now I do. I I don't I don't think that's how it works. You know, if you come on something and just you know, I don't think it's gonna <laughs> rust or cause issues on tin over time. I mean, I could be wrong. Come on, we, we're science communicators. We should do some research on this. This has got to be. This will be in the next episode. How long does it take to rust? And how long does it take to rust uh, in a way that will affect you and can come contribute to that? <laughs> We care deeply about continuity issues in our pornography. I do. Uh, you know, I, again, they had some fun lines here in this specific scene. I don't know if you caught this, but Dorothy, I think he said he needs more lube, Scarecrow. Well, don't we all? <laughs> I did like that one. Let's see. There's from the Tin Man and the Tin Man's musical number, his their version again of if I only had a, in this case, a heart. I fucked a witch. I need a new bitch that would love my metal frame. Oh, he's a romantic. I mean, he's a romantic, horny person, but he's romantic. It's cool. I like that. So, I, I mean, pretty soon after this, we meet our pimp, who's offering them, as he phrased it, fine grade A pussy. I, uh, I, it's okay. So, Yvette, they literally, I feel like, went down to Party City and bought a pimp costume for our pimp it was purple they had the hats it was fuchsia <laughs> yes oh my god it was like it was kind of like fuchsia leopard print get up and i'm like you know it's if you're a lot of times in, in something like this you're trying to just you know make something identifiable very quickly as opposed to hiding it like i, I don't I don't know how the average pimp dresses, but I do know how the cartoon version slash the Halloween version dresses. And this, this was it. They went for that. And I have to say, though, that this specific scene where Dorothy screws the pimp, she has to show the merchandise. Oh, of course. I have to say the sex was really, really, really good. I would say it was probably my favorite scene of the movie. I mean, I liked the orgy at the end. I'm just saying. That was, it was something for everyone. Definitely something for everyone. I mean, let me put it this way. This is the type of scene that parody loving pervs cream over. I mean, did I? That's a good question. It's um, like, did I stop to take care of business? Yes or no? 
multiple times. Moving on. I enjoyed it. That's all I'm saying. So next scene is we meet our lion. And okay, this was weird for me, this scene a little bit, just because I kind of anticipated they they almost built it up to be a gay sex scene. And then it just kind of never happened. Yeah, it's it was I was expecting like I, you know, when you have something for everyone, that should include our LGBTQ uh, uh, friends, and or the type of porn that they want to watch. And it's like we had a gay character right here. Why not? So to explain, we meet the lion and the lion thinks he's gay. And but I'm also a little confused because they sing a song how he thinks he's turning gay. Yeah. Which was a little weird. Because let's clarify, of course, we know you don't quote turn gay. I mean, for Mike Pence listening to this, we know you do. It's a guilty pleasure. Mike, but... Mike we know that you had a, a glimpse of a half chub at some point in a locker room, and you've been fucking nervous about how much you liked it ever since. It's okay. Just to quote to quote the original version of The Wizard of Oz, come out, come out wherever you are. I, I was a little conflicted with this song. It was very fun and campy, and I had a good time listening to it, even if they kind of... I mean, you could tell it was also written by a straight man when they ended the song with Liza, like in jazz hands. Yeah, that's that's totally a thing that people do when they're talking about sex is, is to bring up Liza Minnelli just because they're gay. It's, that's not how that, no. Which is how we know this was written by a straight person. <laughs> One would guess. Oh, and this is my favorite uh, exchange during that from Dorothy and the Scarecrow. I've never heard of a gay lion before. Maybe he's from a gay pride. Oh, groaner, groaner. I loved it though. That was that was clever. I miss that. Uh, it was when they first met him and they're tr- and they're, you know, hope that this lion doesn't kill them. So, that was I was I was highly amused. I mean, they even had clever writing in this. I jotted down during this scene the line saying, "I'm going to eat Dorothy," and then the pimp responding with standard <laughs> pussy eating rates. Oh, that's well done. Well, well, goddamn done. They they really took advantage of what they had to work with here because there was so much to play with, some very colorful characters and characters that we know and love that we can take and pervert a little bit. So that was that was a bang up job. Speaking about how they were creative, we should talk about, I mean, the next scene was pretty damn creative on with the witch. I, let's talk about my I have only one complaint about the witch. She needs to work on her wicked witch voice. That's all. That is a, a minor detail in this. But other than that, great acting. And we also see her getting some dickin from the Tin Man. And gosh darn it, they painted a lot of her green. A lot. They did. To explain the scene, our so our heroine and her friends have now been captured by the Wicked Witch, been taken back to her lair, as usual in the movie. And Dorothy is looking into a crystal ball and saying, Auntie M, I'm no good as a hooker. Because that's what you do when you have a crystal ball and you're not sure of your life choices. That is what I tell my mom when I call home. She's. I, I think she's happy that I'm not good at this job. <laughs> She probably asks you how you're doing as a writer, and you're like, I'm just no good as a hooker. I just, I should bring that up every call home to mom. Mom, it turns out that I'm not good at being a, a sex worker. I'm, I'm a failure. She'll go back to asking you, what happened to writing? And then you'll just keep talking about being a hooker. That could, that's going to get fun and confusing and weird. So, anyways, back to, uh, back to the, the scene. So, the witch singles out the Tin Man to have sex with. However, specifically, specifically says that she wants Dorothy to come take the load and have it shot on her. 
Let's talk about the sex. Which, you know, sharing is caring. I can see why she would want the, you know, to the load to be, to, to be distributed. But the sex scene, like, I don't know if I was so busy concentrating on the, the green, the green inner legs that I was on the, on the actual sexing. I mean, it was, it was probably the campiest sex in the whole thing. I, at least for me, for my point of view. Yeah. Although, so the sex scene was done by actors Brandy Aniston and Dick Chibbles, which, my God, that is hands down the best name. That is the best name. Dick Chibbles. Dick Chibbles, wherever you are, we we want to hang out with you just based on the name alone. Dick goddamn Chibbles. I, of course, that's his born name. You know, No, it's not. <laughs> if we meet this person, he is going to be in my phone as Dick Chibbles. He will always be Dick Chibbles. Dick goddamn chibbles. Sorry, I've, I've said dick goddamn chibbles too many times now, but that is, I feel like that should be a phrase of some sort. You, you motherfucking dick chibbles. Like there has to be a way to turn that into an urban dictionary thing. Listeners at home, if you can come up with another uh, meaning for that, we'd love to hear it. I'd love to know what dick chibbling is if I Googled an urban dictionary. Please write in and let us know. Have you chibbled a dick lately? We'd have to find out what chibbling is. So after dick chibbles all over the witch... Oh, indeed. There was chibbling. So he chibbles actually not out on Dorothy. Dorothy come rushes in, but instead of pointing the cock at her, instead it comes comes all over the witch and the witch melts as woman normally does melt when a guy comes on her. So you know, sometimes more metaphorically than physically, but I'll take either. But indeed, he must have had a really big load if that was enough to get her to melt. I'd, and with a name like Dick Chibbles, I expect big loads. I expect big loads as well. And the way I see it is, you know what? There was a fair amount of screaming. And in the witch's defense, if I had a big enough load in my eyes, I might scream too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, a reduction in visibility due to a, a salty little protein shake in your face is not always optimal. Just to the gents out there listening, you know, coming in someone's face, it can be a fun activity for two adults to enjoy together. Make sure the woman or the or the man that is on the receiving end of that is aware that that's going to happen because it's just not nice to put that in someone's eyes. No, This is why I highly recommend sex with glasses. It's just it's a good moment when you take those glasses off. And now I'm just envisioning I went from glasses to sex with goggles on. There has to be scientist porn doing this with goggles and fucking and lab coats. Like there's, if, you know, if, if it doesn't exist yet, it'll exist soon. Oh, I'm sure it exists. And considering we've both been in labs, we're going to have a hell of a time ripping that apart. Oh, yeah. Sorry, not sorry, but we would love Neil deGrasse Tyson to criticize that film with us. I mean, we're critiquing something kind of silly. He, I like that he critiques the science in sci-fi movies, but man, Neil, you're a, you're very good at critiquing all sorts of life things too. I've heard his his opinions on this. I do wonder if we could get him to come on and talk about the bad science tropes that are being used in porn. So moving on. So after our witch is eviscerated, our team goes to the Emerald City, and when they get there, there's no wizard. Yeah, apparently the wizard was just a thing to send them on a journey. However, Glinda, uh, of course, being the good witch, tells them the power of group love will send her home. So actually, can we talk about that for two seconds um, before we talk about the power of group love? I felt like that was a missed opportunity yeah. with not having a wizard there. I don't know, Yvette. I mean, am I just a purist? I, I think that's a good... No, that's that's the thing that kind of disappointed me. I'm like, no wizard? There could have been some... The puns they could have gotten out of that. The weird 
there could have been some fun power dynamic sex going on with that. I feel like there could have been some fun things that people could have gotten out of that mentally from watching that because a lot of what people like, yeah. I was thinking maybe a hologram penis. I don't know. I just, again, I maybe I had my hopes too high on this considering how they set up the first half of the movie. Oh yeah, him because he comes out as hologram in the original version. It'd be fun for him to just come out and disrobe and then suddenly the real guy shows up or something. Like there were things that could have been done with this. Who knows? Who knows how badly it would have, what it would have affected the overall cinematographic uh, theme of this. <laughs> trying to think film critic reviewer on it but i i don't know how um i i don't know if it would have disrupted what they had in mind or if it was just a lack of budget but man there were things that could have been done with that i know but you know it was probably a time constraint so which i'll bring up towards the end i do want to touch on instead they replaced it with as you mentioned uh so glinda comes back and discusses the power of group love will send dorothy home and here's where i expected that our character uh, dorothy and all of her friends were going to have an orgy and instead it's dorothy glinda and the emerald city guard which is a threesome i mean doesn't an orgy technically start at four yeah five i thought it was five because at so my at least these are my theories you know what uh listeners please join in and and let us know what you think about this we would love feedback but i always go you know once some is masturbating twosome is is quote normal sex it's it's normative sex three is a threesome four is generally two couples together but i think it's at five when you have a legitimate orgy and it could be other people could say it's four but i i think once you have a person an odd person in there that or an odd number they're going to be there's always going to be at least three people that are kind of working on each other at the same time so i call it an orgy at five i think that's totally fair let's talk about the sex that was pretty kinky I, I feel bad. Like, here was, I had one problem. I could not get that part to load. I would say during that specific scene, the energy was really good all around. The guard bangs Dorothy from behind, slaps her ass until it turns pink. He and Dorothy team up on Glinda at one point to lick both of her holes at once. That was something. That was one note that I had written down. Aw, ass eating. Very 2015. Very 2015. Especially for a movie that was in 2013. So it was slightly ahead of its time. <laughs> it's. It was, I was about to say, that's it, somehow like each generation has their thing that they kind of put more into the mainstream or, you know, the, you know, sexual trends and things that people do, do change over time. And I like to say this generation, you know, really, really got ass eating and into the mainstream public sphere. That is my takeaway from that. Definitely. Overall, I want to say that this was a good team up of all the parties participating within this. The girls even take turns pleasuring the guard uh, orally as he spoons them. A lot of good team effort on this one. I, I guess if sex was a sport, actually it should be. Are there sex Olympics? It's, you know, how would that be? Would it be counted by the number of orgasms, the amount of time you go for, the number of part? Like, there has to be a, a way to determine, you know, who gets the gold medal for fucking. And, well, you know, you didn't quite get off in, in the right amount of time. You'll have to settle for the bronze. Like, I, and this is, this is why we talk about this in the context of porn, because everyone's out there having some sex that they enjoy and it doesn't need to have a medal attached to it because sex is wonderful. <laughs> 
I think we pretty much finished discussing that scene, the last sex scene. So let's talk about what it takes for Dorothy to get home after Dorothy engages in the power of group love. So I think she has enough energy to go home. She now has to click her ruby red slippers. They did get ruby red slippers for her and click together and say, pussy dick titties too. I miss home this journey's through uh, three times. This is George Carlin approved, I would say. It's how many words can you not say on television? They grabbed a few of those. I like it. I can work with it. If I could click my heels together and avoid going to the airport by just saying a bunch of really dirty things. Oh, man. I personally would love to travel by the power of ruby slippers and dirty jokes. I, I see nothing wrong with this. You get to skip the airport. You do get to skip the airport. Yeah, seems seems like a good good little trade off for me. You have to you have to fuck your way through Oz, but then you get home for free. Dorothy does arrive home, and just like in the original, she's surrounded by all her friends and family, and you know the whole trope of and you were there, and you were there, and you were there. And we find it. I banged you all. Uh, yeah. Uh, did she say that? No, no, I don't think so. I think that might have been some subtext, though. Auntie M. Uh, so she has, we find out she's gone into business uh, with Mr. Pimpernickel. So, yeah. Dorothy will go sees in the window the pimp that she had sex with, and she's like, "Oh, the pimp!" And they they all say, "Mr. Pimpernickel." Yeah. It's kind of like the uh, the the guy who had the traveling um, the wagon, the the old mystic who first had her look into a bubble and go, "Oh, they are into a glass ball," and say, "Oh, Auntie M is is very ill. You should go home." And that's how she ends up you know, at home in time for the twister to start. But yeah, it's, it's, I think we see, and I think it was the same character who played the traveling uh, snake oil salesman and, and the wizard. So works out, works out. There is continuity between these two. There is some continuity, which is really impressive um, because this entire movie was shot within, believe it or not, 27 consecutive hours what? rather than doing it as a multi- yes, wow. as instead of a multi-day shoot. I know. That's amazing. I mean, and some of the look, I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about the actors in the original Wizard of Oz, but acting has kind of improved over the years. And I, I've noticed this like from Deep Throat to this, this one had you know, better acting and the talking. Like I didn't feel like I was watching junior high theater, which was, I kind of enjoy that because watching bad acting can take you out of the moment. It can. And what was really nice was this specific film was nominated, did win a handful of awards. I know I mentioned previously that Brandy won for Best Supporting Actress. She played Glinda the Good Witch. But this film also won an AVN for Best Director, uh, Will Ryder. Best Original Song, Queen of the Munchkin Land. Yes. <laughs> nice. Deserved it. This is this tells me I need to do more research in, into just, you know, the type of awards they give out for this. Because I love that they have a category for Best Original Song. <laughs> That's fantastic. I was not aware of this category, and I feel like this is a world now I need to invest in heavily, at least for next 48 hours, just listen to a bunch of original songs from porn. Yeah. 
but also not to forget uh, Maddie O'Reilly, who played Dorothy. She was nominated for Best Actress for this, not only at the AVNs, but also the XRCO, the X-Rated Critics Choice Organization, as well as the XBiz. Wow. So a lot of uh, nominations for and wins. Yeah, it's, she did a bang up job acting this one. So it was there was legitimate. Literally. Yeah. They- <laughs> Yeah, there was there was legitimately good and funny acting uh, and writing throughout this. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, and you know, supposedly over a hundred girls auditioned for the movie that didn't get to make it either. So I thought he chose a great Dorothy. Dorothy is like in the I believe in the original book slash movie. She's supposed to be. I, either 13 or 16 she's supposed to be fairly young and they found someone who's clearly of age but also has a very youthful appearance exactly although didn't they it wasn't a rumor that in the original they wanted shirley temple to play dorothy i'd have to look that up i thought that they wanted this as if i could be wrong i believe they wanted it as a vehicle specifically for judy garland and they kind of said, all right, we're going to take her and make her look young. We're going to put her into a blue gingham dress and we're going to braid her hair. Like the whole thing behind that was I could, I'm misremembering the age that she was, but I think she was a decent amount older than this innocent girl that she was playing. And so they, you know, they did things to make her look, quote, convincingly younger. And, you know, it, it kind of sort of worked ish. But, you know, she's this is what happens when you put adults into into kid roles you have to work really really hard to make them kind of sort of pass the one thing though I w- that again um so aside from actually the whole wizard thing that we never got to see i was a little disappointed we didn't get a porn version of over the rainbow we had there was a song that was kind of supposed to be there over the rainbow at first when dorothy's outside singing and doesn't you know she wants to get away from this life and that type of but yeah there was i i did jot down a note about the fact that they had a, a number two as i called it replace over the rainbow but like it definitely it, it was not a direct spinoff mark issue oh probably it's you know Getting the rights to, and I mean, I don't know if that one is in the public sphere or not, but I think it might have been easier for them writing it to not be constrained by the things we know in the song. And instead, they could just be original and let it with both the lyrics and the songwriting. And we still got the impression that it was, you know, a spinoff from Over the Rainbow, even though there was no mention of rainbows in it. So it was it was pretty well done. It was pretty well done. I would definitely recommend this porn parody. Yeah, you, you get a little bit of everything. You get get a sweet Dorothy, you get munchkins, you get lip syncing, you get a white pimp. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, there's solo, let's see, what types of sex do we see? We saw a threesome. Uh, we saw munchkins. I'm sticking with munchkin, goddammit. We had, saw munchkin sex. We had green people sex. We had, we definitely had, you know, this is, this is Captain Kirk approved. Just saying. I was impressed with how far uh, they went with the green makeup. That that is suffering for your art. I'm just saying. I'm just curious if they ever if they had gone further and then they then they tried it and they just didn't work out. I'm just curious. I almost want to ask the actors that. There there are parts of I think most people's bodies that they just don't want to be green. <laughs> so I feel like green on on my pussy would be just it it would seem. I don't know. I don't I don't want that color on my vagina, but maybe that's just it seems like it could go horribly awry partially from putting paint on your on your delicates and partially because I 
I don't know. That just seems weird. It seems like the thing would have gotten moldy. And I I hope that I use it often enough that it doesn't collect mold. (laughs) Audience, if you've not telling you to try this at home, but if you have already attempted paint on your nether regions and screwed someone, please write in and tell us how did that work out? Would love to know. I've had uh, latex paint on not my lower regions, but my upper <laughs> regions. Doesn't count. But I mean, the hardest peeling it off is fucking horrible. Like, cause it's latex paint. I don't know if like the type of, Oh my God. Now there are, we figured out that there were things we did wrong in applying it. There was supposed to be like a primer you put on that made it come off easier. And we also found out after we'd peeled most of it off, not in the shower, that the shower took it right off. But I was going to a club that it was geared towards goth. uh, It was a goth night, basically. And I bought a bunch of latex paint just because I'm like, well, it's a goth night, but the theme is latex. We took handprints and put them over each of my boobs (laughs) for a bra for the night. And that way I was street legal. But yeah, uh, paint on on any of your delicates. It, It can be a painful experience don't have experience with latex paint. I do have experience, though, with liquid latex. So for people who are not aware of what liquid latex is, essentially, it's you can use it to um, you can mix it to create tons and tons of Halloween costumes. Uh, You can mix it in with flour and you can make masks out of it. You can also use it as an adhesive. Um, I've had that. Uh, So do you remember last Halloween, my mask? Your mask was amazing. Okay, so for our patrons, I'm going to give you guys a photo of my mask from last Halloween. So I was a Demogorgon from Stranger Things. That shit was handmade. I couldn't breathe because I didn't put enough holes into my mask. So slight problem. Extra holes are always good. Extra holes are always good Um, in any... In every capacity, uh, especially with this podcast. Especially with breathing, too. Yeah. So I. Uh, so what is it called when you almost poison yourself? <laughs> don't try to don't try to suffocate on account of us being stupid. That's not that's not okay. We don't want that to happen. I think the point I was just trying to make was not a pleasant experience trying to rip that shit off. So don't put it near your regions. Just don't. Yeah. That's, don't try it at home. <laughs> let the professionals do the ripping off of, of crazy colored paints near their genitalia. Just word of advice for life. So, Yvette, do you have any final thoughts on this film? Uh, Final thoughts on this film. I think that this is the type of film that will appeal to a wide variety of audiences because it has a lot of fairly inclusive sex and a lot of, you know, fun, uh, easy sex with, you know, each of the actors. There's no, uh, if you are not fetishy, uh, this is, this can be a good fit for you. If, if you like having some giggles in between orgasms, this is fantastic because it's, it really did hit the nail on the head for humor and for going like they committed hard to this. And I love that. I love it when someone takes an idea and goes, let's go as hard in on this as we can. And they leaned in and it was wonderful. And what's also fantastic about this film is if you purchase a DVD version of this film, they also do have a non-sex version. So you can watch a non-sex version of this with your friends, which I would totally do and make it a drinking game. I feel like that's going to happen next time we're in the same city. Oh my God, yes. All of our friends that are amused slash horrified by this podcast <laughs> can sit in it and go so wait what's your process i'm like i watch the thing and write down what i'm thinking <laughs> as it's going on that's that is the whole process on this i think the next time we're together we're probably going to just straddler and waldorf the porn where it's 
there there will be so much Sattler and Waldorfing. That that is our aim to be the Sattler and Waldorf of the porn universe. Uh, Alice, do you have any final thoughts on this one? You know, um, I pretty much said all I need to say. Like I said, definitely go watch this film. And I really look forward to doing a lot more porn parodies because this was just fun. And I feel like the audience can already understand what we're talking about and already kind of begin envisioning a more whorish version of the Wicked Witch or the perils of becoming a prostitute that Dorothy had to go through. Yep, it's uh fully agreed on that i think that people are gonna i think that if you you like the tropes that we've described in this you're gonna like the porn it's a good time and we do have some patrons to thank for supporting us on this episode um so we would love to thank chris smart ed robbins michael trollin and samuel jennings They have been supporting us financially on Patreon.com. And when you sign up to become a patron, you also can get additional content. You can get, you can interact with us as well as you can get some pretty cool stuff. So join them, become a Patreon. So Yvette, where can people find you? Of course, you can find me at all of the two girls, one Mike, into social media accounts. My main website is cybabe.com. Uh, my Instagram and Twitter are both at the cybabe. And you can find me at Rational Blonde. Uh, and you can support us at Patreon, uh, two girls, one Mike, because we're paying for porn. I guess support us so that way we can continue watching porn and reviewing more for you guys. Uh, and if you can't give us money, that's fine. So please uh, rate us on iTunes and leave us a review and share this podcast with all of your friends that watch porn so all of them because about 90% of people admit that they watch porn and about 10% lie about it so thanks for joining us again on this episode we'll see you guys next time 